When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's a minimalist Monday edition of Optimal Living Daily, episode 556. How to see past your mountain of stuff to a place called enough. By Katie Tallow with rowdykittens.com and I'm Justin Mollick. Happy Monday and welcome to Optimal Living Daily a podcast with a crazy idea of bringing hundreds, actually thousands of blogs audio for free across all five of our shows. And today's post is a guest author from Rowdy Kittens and continuing our week-long series on minimalism. For now, let's hear the post as we optimize your life. How to see past your mountain of stuff to a place called enough by Katie Tallow with rowdykittens.com. My father-in-law is 84. He lived in a three-bedroom bungalow for the last 30 years, filling every nook and cranny with a lifetime's worth of stuff. When his wife died last year, he found himself alone with no one to cook for or sit beside. All that was left was a house full of memories and stuff. The memories just reminded him of his loss and the stuff he couldn't maintain. He decided to move to a small apartment in a retirement home to simplify life. Someone else would now cook the meals, wash the dishes, clean, shovel the snow, rake the leaves, and put out the garbage. He could make new friends. He took a few pieces of furniture, his stamp collection, his favorite pictures, books, and a few dishes. He has ended up where he began, a bachelor with just a few essentials. The rest? Well, the rest was a ton of odds and ends, nicks and knacks bought, made, and received over the course of eight decades in the life of two people. It took months to sort, box, trash, give away, sell, and disperse. In the end, it was just a mountain of stuff. I found myself wondering what the point of it all was, all this accumulating. Here was all this stuff that no one really wanted. They had little value in the end. It wasn't what made his house a home, his marriage was. Why do most of us amass so much stuff, stuff that's often boxed and packed in the basement, stacked in closets, piled in attics, and teetering on the rafters of the garage, rarely opened? What is it that makes us surround ourselves, fill our spaces, and continue to want more stuff even when there's no room or need for more? We envision hoarders as crazy people, but most of us are hoarders. We're just neat about it. We hide it well. We tuck it away where no one can see it, but likely we couldn't count the number of things we own. Likely, we have a mountain of stuff. So why did we build this heap in the first place, and why do we continue to pile more and more stuff on top of it? The answer lies in the word. S-T-U-F-F. S is for sales. We've been sold on the idea that something is missing from our lives. It's pointed out to us daily in a barrage of ads, billboards, banners, jingles, pop-ups, TV shows, and movies that make us look around and realize we're not living like everyone else is supposedly living, 
so we better hurry and upsize, go big and buy more, and the mountain grows. T is for tradition. Our traditions have become gift-giving extravaganzas. We rack our brains to come up with a Christmas list every year just so Aunt Jane can buy us something that never gets taken out of the box. We buy gifts for every occasion imaginable, from Father's Day to Valentine's Day, and end up with a drawer full of vases and soaps, and the mountain gets out of control. You is uniqueness. We believe our stuff defines our uniqueness, our style, our taste, and in some cases, our status. The car we drive, the fashions we wear, the laptop we display at coffee shops, the way we decorate our homes, all of it tells the world something about us, that we're upwardly mobile, trendy, savvy, hip, cool, classy, or smart. We come to love our stuff because we think it's who we are. We start to believe that the more we have, the more we are, and the mountain towers over us. F is for filler. Stuff is filler that feeds the emptiness, anxiety, and loneliness that pervades the human condition. Shopping, buying, redecorating, and busying ourselves with our stuff is a means to reward, comfort, treat, excite, or give ourselves a sense of purpose. Without new stuff, we feel dull. Without lots of stuff, we get bored. We try to fill the void instead of looking at its root cause, and the mountain gets higher. F is for frugal. When we can't bear to throw out anything or pass up any deal, frugality just leads to more stuff. My father-in-law had over 20 jars of olive oil in his basement. Why? Because it was on sale. Misguided frugality means we'll end up with enough oil to fry a small nation. But how do we begin to see past our mountain of stuff to a place called enough? We do it by stepping back and taking a good look at ourselves, our stuff, and our triggers. We limit the onslaught of ads, avoid malls, and turn down noise so we can hear our inner voice screaming over the dim for us to stop buying sh- and the mountain will begin to crumble. We lead ourselves by the scruff of our Armani shirt towards a life of our own definition, a life we've decided makes sense to us, not necessarily to the desperate housewives. We recognize how much we already have. We honor our stuff, are grateful for our stuff, but stop worshiping our stuff. We alter our traditions, shift gears, make gifts, repurpose, or skip gift giving altogether and create new traditions of sharing stories, not gifts, hugs, not presents, and excursions, not excess. And the mountain will get smaller. We begin to see ourselves apart from our stuff. We connect with each other instead. We free ourselves of our attachment to pretty fabrics and fancy cars, and we reclaim our attachment to each other and our planet. We stop eating away at its very fabric. We reward, comfort, treat, excite, or give ourselves a sense of purpose through soulful, simple actions that have nothing to do with bargain hunting or olive oil. Okay, maybe we can use some of that oil to make a kick spaghetti sauce and share it with some good friends. I don't have all the answers. I'm still grappling with my own stuff and I'm not suggesting that stuff is evil or bullshit. I'm just saying that awareness can lead to rethinking and change. And change can feel really good. You just listened to the post titled How to See Past Your Mountain of Stuff to a Place Called Enough by Katie Tallow with RowdyKittens.com. I'll leave it there for today. I'm gonna try to find some more minimalist posts for this entire week, so I should have more for you tomorrow. Have a great start to your day, and I'll see you tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.